0: You're here, enjoying the experience, being able to be together as a family of God. Continue to pray for us as we move on every single day. We just keep getting more and more blessed that we're together, that we're open. Continue to pray for our nation, pray for our president, that not only he gets through this, but obviously he comes close to Christ or comes to Christ through all of this as well. A lot of information in your bulletin. If you're new with us today, fill out one of the connect cards that's somewhere around you. Take it out that center door to your left. We've got a gift for you. We'd love to be able to share with you what God is doing here and hope that you can be a part of that. We have been open for the last number of weeks. We're trusting God to continue to allow us to do that. We, a couple of weeks ago, started children's ministry at nine thirty and 11 o'clock. We're continuing to do that. So make sure if you have children, you can register them for that. And then starting today, we're also going to offer youth ministry. Have the last couple of weeks at nine thirty. But we're going to start offering it today at 11 o'clock as well. Everything has been going incredibly well. Children's ministry is exploding. People are coming. Youth ministry with 100 junior hires, 65-plus senior hires. It's been a great start for this season, and we're delighted that you can be a part of it. A lot of things going on. I think next week the cafe is going to open. So if you're looking, everybody's excited about that, yeah. The cafe is going to be open. If you need some coffee when you're here on Sunday morning, see me. I'll give you five bucks. You can stop somewhere in the way in if you need it. Be able to enjoy that. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) Right between the second services, I had that. And uh, we we had district conference this week, which is all the pastors and all of Western PA and all of our leadership. Our district superintendent was elected for another four years, Dave Noggle, and a wonderful man of God. And our church served in phenomenal ways. We are so blessed here. And I'm just excited to be a part of it. I think Bob has an announcement this morning as well.
1: Actually, I'm going to have Con come up here and Den stand beside up here as well. So we've had some some rough news these last several months. But today I want to let you know we have some good news to celebrate. So uh, this week marks 25 years that God called this ministry team to be here a part of Community Alliance Church. So would you join me in congratulating them on 25 years of ministry? Thank you so much. The first thing that comes to my mind is clearly Denny hasn't learned everything everything because he just promised all of you five dollars each. <laughs> Listen, obviously Den has served for that 25 years as our senior pastor. Seven months after you arrived, then Connie was hired as the Christian education director and then became our children's pastor and served in that role for, for many, many years. Just so you know that they haven't changed at all since then. I did have a picture oh, that so they haven't changed a bit. You can see they look exactly the same now. As they did then. <laughs> so we are thrilled that you're here. And I want to just, uh, the elders have asked me to pray for uh, the, the two of you that God would continue to bless you and your ministry as he has done for the 25, this 25 years. He'll continue to do that for, for many more. We know that you'll be retiring from full-time ministry uh, here together on March 1st, but we know that he's got many things planned for you after that. So would you join me in praying for this dear couple? Father, we do thank you for calling Den and Khan here 25 years ago. We can't imagine uh, this place without it. Thank you for what you have done through them in the 25 years. Thank you for what you have done in them in that time as well. Thank you for what you have done in their family as well. We ask, Father God, that you would continue to put your hand of blessing upon them. That you would bless their ministry here at Community Alliance. That you would then bless their ministry in what you're calling them to after this. We know they retire from full-time ministry, but we also know that people like them never retire. I pray that you'd open up great opportunities for them to minister in ways they haven't even thought of yet. And that you would bless that ministry. That you would continue to work through them. That you would impact people as you have for so many years here. That we would continue to be able to look at their lives, look at their ministry, and give you honor and glory and praise. And we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, too.
0: Thank you, Bob. Thank you, elders. I serve with a great team. I know Ginger Cipher keeps reminding me every time she sees me, you promised us 30 years. 25 is pretty close to that 25 years means a quarter of a century which means two things i'm really old and you are amazing that you would keep coming for 25 years to hear the same voice so i'm blessed by that as well and i want to thank you for that how many of you have a favorite season favorite time of the year maybe it's summer vacation kids out of school well that one doesn't count now because they've been out of school for ever now all that planning all that preparation for all the things you wanted to do during summer and then of course there's many people who love spring flowers blooming trees budding new life all around all of a sudden you see it and you know summer's coming and then of course there's many who love winter right it's cold shoveling snow Somehow in the middle of all of that, we tuck in Christmas so it takes the edge off of all of that other stuff. My favorite season is fall. I love this time of year. I love all that comes with it. I love that chill in the air. I love the fact that you've got to put a, an extra heavy shirt on every once in a while. I love cutting wood. I love the incredible breathtaking views everywhere you go. And you kind of get up every morning wondering, what is it going to look like today? What is God going to do today? What's it going to look like today? It is incredible every morning when you get up, especially at this particular time of the year, to see what God has done. I mean, I honestly wish this time of the year lasted somehow to April. And then all of a sudden spring came into the picture. The seasons in your sermon notes, if you didn't get them, they're in your bulletin. The seasons remind us of one of the many ways that God reveals himself to humanity. The seasons that we see, spring, summer, winter, fall, especially I think fall, reminds us that God reveals himself in the seasons. Some people will say, "Well, how do you know there's a God?" How do you really know there's a God? And there's a part of me that wants to say, "Are you kidding? Look around. He's everywhere." The book of Romans in the first three chapters paints an interesting portrait. We won't be there this morning. But it paints a fascinating portrait as it begins to unpack who humanity is and what they do and what they look like and where they're at. And then he talks about the number of ways that God reveals himself. And then he comes to a conclusion based on that. You've got to be really honest. There's absolutely no excuse for all of humanity not believing that there is a God. In your notes, Scripture reveals to us there is a God. From Genesis with creation and everything that God does in the middle of that, all the way to Revelation when you see the culmination of God's plan. And every time you open another book and another aspect of Scripture, you begin to get more and more of the portrait of who God is. And this incredible, breathtaking portrait Is painted from beginning to end. Jesus shows us who God is. In the beginning was the Word, John 1, and the Word made his flesh and dwelling among us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word, that God, that Jesus, made his dwelling among us and revealed to us what God was like. And every time you wonder whether or not God is really interested, God is really concerned, God really cares, God understands what I'm going through, all you got to read is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and watch this portrait of Jesus begin to unfold, and then he says things like this, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, God is judgmental. God is of the Old Testament, not at all. That tenderness of Jesus that you see weeping over Jerusalem, that tenderness of Jesus healing the leper, That tenderness of Jesus reaching out and touching and ministering to people every single day when he was tired, when he was weary, when he was overwhelmed with the demands of everything. Everything you see about Jesus, you know about God. And yet he still loved and still ministered and still cared and still touched and still delighted in showing us what God was like. And so if you've ever wondered what God looks like, and if he somehow seems a little bit far away to you, all you've got to do is open up the pages of the New Testament and then hear Jesus say what I said a moment ago. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Our conscience tells us that God is alive. All societies have a moral code as to what is right and wrong. There's a fascinating section of Scripture. I in your sermon notes this morning from, Revelation, from Romans chapter 2, I love the message version. If you ever want to read a fascinating version of Scripture, you ought to get out the message every once in a while. This is what he says. When outsiders who have never heard of God's law follow it more or less by instinct, they confirm by their obedience that it's truth. They show us that God's law is not something alien imposed on us from without, But woven into the fabric of creation or who we are. There's something deep within them that echoes God. Yes and no, right and wrong. Every society all across the world, all across humanity has some moral code. Whether they fully understand where it's come from or not isn't the issue. Every single society on the planet has a moral code of what's right, what's wrong. And then nature. Number four tells us that God exists. Psalm 19 is one of my favorite. I want you to be there this morning. I want you to walk along with me. Whether you have a Bible or an iPad or a phone, whatever you may have. It's one of my favorite psalms. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, though they have no words. No sound is heard from the end, yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their are words to the end of the world. In the heavens, God pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens, makes its circuit to the other. Nothing, nothing is deprived of its warmth. Verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. I mean, look at some of these pictures. This is from the Hubble Telescope. The heavens declare the glory of God. Not something fabricated, not something made up. The heavens declare the glory of God. And as you watch these pictures unfold, one after the other after the other, you see this incredible view of God's portrait. Everywhere you turn, you need to know this is no accident. This is the work of a master designer. And whether you had the opportunity to look through a telescope like that or see some of those nice stars, in case you're not even sure that that really exists, in case you don't have the opportunity to have views like that, Scripture goes on telling us that God's handiwork shows us who He is. I mean, if you ever had the opportunity to travel around the earth, travel around the globe, you see God's wonder in places like this, in scenes like that, the northern lights, in scenes like, one of my Best breathtaking portraits. I mean, if you don't know there's a God, you're dead on that one. When you look at the sky, when you look at the sun, when you look at the world around you, when you look at nature unfolding every single day with a new portrait of who God is, it's incredible. You had the opportunity to see every single day that God didn't just start it and took his hands off, but every single day he shows us a brand new picture of who he is and what he can do. Day after day, they pour forth speech. The heavens declare, the works proclaim. Night after night, they display. Did you catch why it's written that way in your sermon notes? It's written in such a way that not only points to God's creative power and design, but written in a way to remind us that his work has been and still is ongoing. Every day, every night. Obviously, one of my favorite things is a sunrise and a sunset. Probably more sunsets than sunrise. If God wanted me to see the sunrise, he'd have made it a little bit later in the morning. But every time you get up and see one of those, and especially every night when you look out in the night nice sky, as the sun begins to set, you've got to keep catching it earlier and earlier this time of the year. First it was 8.30, and then it was 8 o'clock, and then it was 7.30. Now it's a little after 7. You've got to watch the set. But every single day, every single day, it's a new picture. It's not like, well, I've seen that one before. It's not like a portrait you have in your house and you see it every day and you kind of get used to it being there. Every single day, it's a new portrait of what God has done and what God's doing. I have a friend who a number of years ago went to the beach. And if you've ever been to the beach, you know it's one of the most breathtaking scenes ever. Ever. And they were looking at it, and this lady who he didn't even know was just in awe of what she was seeing. And he walked over to her, and he said, my dad did that. He said, what? Yeah, my father painted that. And it gave the opportunity for an incredible conversation about what it is that God has done. The night sky. First time I was in Africa, and we were far away, 250 miles from any natural light, any light at all. And it came night. Number one, it was dark. I mean, it was, no wonder they call it the dark continent. It's dark. But that night sky is breathtaking. And if you don't have the opportunity to go to Africa, go to Cherry Springs, Pennsylvania. Right? I mean, it's one of the most breathtaking sights on the planet of seeing the night sky and seeing what God has done. These verses continue to remind us of God's power and His ongoing, always there presence. Verse 3, there's no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes on to all the earth, their words to the end of the world. The heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. There's no language barriers in God's ability to speak. You get that? No language barriers in God's ability to speak. One of the questions I'm always asked, what about all the people in the world who maybe have never heard the message of Jesus? Jesus. There are many who have maybe never heard the message of Jesus. But Revelation in Romans tells us that God has revealed himself to every tribe and every tongue under the sun. Which is why Romans conclude they don't have an excuse. This tells me that all they have to do is look up and look around. If they wonder if there is a God, all they have to do is look up and look around. You cannot miss his handiwork. Verse 5, it's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. He uses the word picture there in the Jewish wedding. We all have favorite movies. Uh, some of my favorite movies, as you can imagine, are old. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I mean, how can you go wrong with two Western guys that look that good? Money Pit with Tom Hanks, one of the funniest movies I've ever, I've ever, ever, ever seen. And shortly, 25 years ago, we bought a house and everything broke in the first year. And it's the first time in our 42 years that we had a home. I thought, oh, my lands. We bought the money pit. And if you own a house, you already know that you already have one. If you've never seen Rooster Cogburn in John Wayne and Katharine Hepburn, go get it. One of the best interaction of two people. One of my favorite, believe it or not, I love westerns. I love musicals. And I know you say, well, that says something about you all the way around. But I love Fiddler on the Roof. You have to, at some point in your life, see Fiddler on the Roof with Topol. You can't even watch anybody else play that character, the main character, but him. And in that, he paints a portrait of what it's like to be Jewish and growing up in a world that doesn't embrace them. Growing up in a Russian czar when they take over, but there's a scene in that when they're coming to the wedding ceremony of one of his daughters, and the entire pound shows up the entire village runs to this wedding ceremony and there is a tent pitched out there where the wedding ceremony takes place and the writer of this david has that portrait in mind of everybody coming the whole world coming to see what god is doing in this particular context the end of verse five like a champion rejoicing to run its course in their context all they had was runners running a race but in our context here, we have that locker room scene and then that tunnel scene when the army or whenever it is is coming out, especially in a sports dynamic, when they're all in that tunnel and there's just so much excitement and so much energy, and the coach is trying to hold them back. Have you ever seen one of those scenes? Y'all are everybody, you're, Okay, you're looking at me, so that's a good sign. I mean, your eyes are open. That's a good sign. Have you ever seen one of those scenes where the coaches are just trying to hold them back and there's just so much energy in a room and then they come out jumping and screaming and excited to play the game? That's what he's describing. That's the image that he has in here. You need to understand God is so excited about what he's going to give you every single day that he's like that. And every time that God pours forth a new day and every time God gives us another picture of who he is, he feels like that in a sense because he want, he's so excited to show you what he's done. He's so excited to show you who he is. Do you get that? That's what he's trying to get us to understand in all of this. Every single day. God gets so excited. It's not like he wakes up. God never sleeps. But every single day, God's so excited when he knows you're waking up to show you what he's done, to show you who he is, to show you more of himself every single day and every single night. God shows you again. Hey, I'm here. Let me show you something. When you think you're alone, when you think you don't know what's going on, when you think I have no interest in where you're at, no interest in what you're going through, let me just show you. I'm right right here. I'm right there. I'm right here. I'm right there all around you. God is everywhere. God sees everything. Look what he shows us in verse 7. Got to walk through it. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. They're the ones that you can trust. In a world that's so confusing, so deluded, so back and forth, not sure who to believe in, he said the law of the Lord is perfect. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord, they're right. They give joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eye." fear the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm. And all of them are righteous, more precious than gold, much more than pure gold. They're sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there's great reward. Who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. That they may not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. Do you get what he's trying to say in these verses here? God's word here to help, never to hurt. God's word is here. It's written. It's preserved. Heaven and earth will pass away. My word never, ever will. It's here to help. It's here to guide. It's here to preserve. It's here to warn. It's here to guide. It gives boundaries in your nose to mark out faithful living. And raises an alarm when those boundaries are violated. The, word of, the God, word of God is not an entrance exam. It's a way of life. It's a way of living. God's word in your notes is more about instruction and protection than it is restriction. Sometimes we look at the word of God and we think it's all about things I can do and the things I can't do. The word of God is way more about instruction and protection than it is about restriction. It keeps us from danger and destruction. Remember last year when we had the guide rail up here? It was almost exactly a year ago. And we had a guide rail. Not a guardrail anymore, a guide rail. Keeps you from going over the edge. You know, i got to be really honest with you. I, I, I diff PennDOT a lot, and I, I owe PennDOT an entire apology for that because 422 is going along so fast, it's unbelievable. But there's an edge over there. When you look at it, before they put the guide rail on it, you're going, wow, man, that, I can see why you want to put one there. I mean, that edge is just straight off, straight down. And God said, look, I love you so much that I not only reveal myself to you every single day when you wake up in the morning or every single night when you get ready to go to bed and look outside, I love you so much that I've given you my word to guide your steps every single day. I love you so much that I've given you direction for every single day of your life, everything between that morning sun and that night sky, and everything in between, I've given you a direction as to how to live that out, of how to flesh out my life, how to... Get through my life. Even in the context of those Ten Commandments that we shared with you that day, God said, look, I've got a great gift for you. I've got an incredible gift for you. It's called life. It's called daily living. It's called a work ethic. And in that work ethic, you're going to be satisfied by what you do and what you produce and how well you can do it and the strength I give you to do it. But I need to tell you, I love you so much that I'm going to give you direction. Work six, stop one. I know how you're wired. You know why? I wired you. I put you together. I put all the circuits together. I, I made you work in a way that's necessary to be able to get through the day and function and provide a job and all those kind of things. And I know how you're wired. So look, let me give you a gift. Every single week. Stop. One day a week. Just stop. Rest. Relax. Enjoy who I am. Enjoy what I've done. Enjoy relationships got a great gift for you called marriage it's incredible when two people find one another fall in love have the opportunity to celebrate that marriage relationship i've got a great gift for you in the context of marriage protect it don't let anything in it don't adulterate it don't let anything in it that's going to violate the covenant you made because then it throws everything off and then you won't know what to do and your allegiance will be pulled one way or the other. And it's going to destroy that one wonderful gift that I gave you in the context of marriage. It's not to restrict, it's to protect. Don't don't lie. It hurts you, to be honest with you. It hurts other people. Don't share gossip. It hurts everyone around you. All the junk, I mean, I, just fa- I don't do Facebook, but it fascinates me when I'm hearing somebody talk about all the the, the the stuff that people say on that, about in some cases, people they don't even know. I, I've got I want to protect you from that. So don't don't join in that. Don't do those kind of things. Don't lie. It's gonna bite you. It's gonna come back at you. All these things that God gives us, think about it. God loves us so much that he not only created us and created this incredible world to live in every day, but every single day reminds us that he's out there. And then he gives us instruction and guidance as to how to live the life he's called us to. I mean, you've got to believe that that's amazing. That not only does he love us enough to create all of this so that we can enjoy it every single day, but then gives us instructions and guidance as to how to live the life he's called us to and avoid the pitfalls and the dangers. He's given us his word to keep us on track. He gives us his word to keep us on the path. He loves us so much that he doesn't want to leave us in this world without meaning and purpose. And then in your nose, as if he couldn't love us anymore, he reveals himself to us in his son. As if he couldn't love us anymore or show us anymore about how great his love for us is. You and I have the opportunity to be on this side of the cross and this side of Calvary and this side of the resurrection. The Son of Colossians chapter 1 is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things are created things in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things created through him and for him. He is before all things, Jesus, and in him all things are held together. He's the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his, his as in God's, fullness dwell in him as in Jesus, and through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. As if he couldn't love us anymore, he reveals himself to us in his Son. And if he couldn't do any more than that, He not only reveals himself to us in his son, he sends his son to pay the price that you and I deserve to pay for the sins that we have done and took him on himself on the cross. I mean, that's an incredible amount of love to not only every day show us how much he loves us, but on the cross and through the resurrection to show an unprecedented, overwhelming, no other place kind of love in his son. And he offers us himself as a gift, as a penalty to pay for our sins. Took them on a cross, paid the ultimate price, and revealed himself to us through all of that. Now, every sermon, we don't always say this, but every sermon ought to have somewhere in it a so what. Every sermon in it somewhere ought to have a so what. Even if I don't say it, or even if the, the pastor or messenger doesn't say it, there, there needs to be a so. In light of everything you've just said, Pastor, what do I do with what you've just said? Well, one way is when Keith talked to you last Sunday morning about sharing the Word of God, about being able to share your message, share your story, share your testimony, trying to find ways to open up those conversations trying to find ways to build those conversations so that you can share with somebody what you have found in Jesus, this time of the year is perfect for that. This time of the year is perfect for that. So when you see this, the leaves change and somebody makes a mention about the leaves changing, right there, you had your opening. Remember what he said last week, pray for an opening? Right there it is. Hey, do you notice that? There's a fascinating thing in scripture that we were talking about this past Sunday. That's just one of the ways God shows us there's a God. And so every single day, especially this time of the year, you and I had the opportunity to do exactly what Keith said last Sunday morning in sharing what we have found, sharing the truth that we have found, opening up those doors of conversation, building those relationships so that in the middle of that built relationship, I can share with someone what I have found. It may take a week, it may take a month, it may take the rest of this month as the seasons begin to unfold and things begin to change, you can say to them, hey, hey, do you notice that one? Remember we were talking a week or so ago about what we notice in Jesus? I just want to continue to build on that conversation. If If you don't mind, I'd love to share that with you. The flip side of that is for anybody, whether they be here this morning, that doesn't know there is a God, that tells you there's a God. Everything you see every single day tells you there is a God. And so if you're sitting here this morning wondering, is he real? I come to church, I know it's a good thing to do, I know it's something I'm supposed to do on Sunday, but is he real? Absolutely. And every single day, especially this time of the year, when you walk out the door and look up, there's a God who says, I'm here. I love you, I'm interested in you, I care about you, I'm right here beside you. And the wind that blows beside you, that's me. And the breathtaking views that you see, that's me. I just want you to know I'm right here. I just want you to know I'm everywhere. I just want you to know I'm speaking. whoever you are, wherever you're at whatever language you speak it's not bound by that barrier of who God is so it doesn't matter what your tongue your language is God will speak everywhere all around the globe in a way that they can understand and if you're here this morning wondering is he real as soon as you walk out the door take a moment just take a moment Look up and look around going, can't deny that. He's real. God, I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your amazing love. You are incredible. And so when David finishes, may the words of my mouth, what I say, and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. My solid one in the middle of a crazy world my redeemer who sets me free from all the craziness in the world so may what I say and what I sing and how we sang earlier and what goes on deep down in my soul I know that you see it all help me to make sure that it's pointed in the same direction so we're here this morning you did not know Christ this is the perfect day to embrace Him and recognize Him as your Savior. And if you're here this morning and you know Jesus, you're going to want to sing what Dave and Pam are going to lead us in. Lord, my God, how great
1: you are.